Global Crisis Bible Prophecy Health and Preparedness You're just in time. 11th Hour Dispatch Father in heaven, we thank you so much for the miracle technology of the radio airwaves, of the internet, and all of these means that you've put at our disposal to share truth, to bring biblical prophecy and the name of Jesus before all of the souls of this world. And we just pray right now that as we have a couple of minutes to consider the world events and the news headlines of our time, we ask that you'd give us wisdom and discernment to understand the signs of the times. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Welcome to 11th Hour Dispatch. And yes, it's been a little while since I have said that. Once again, I'm Scott Ritzema, your host on this now weekly broadcast. Three weeks in a row, hitting the road, having the holidays. We've been off and a lot has happened in the world in the last three weeks. And in case you've not been up to speed, this is a news broadcast from a distinctly Christian perspective, understanding biblical prophecy, understanding world events in light of what the Bible says, and ideally then drawing us into a greater appreciation of the Bible and a deeper commitment to Jesus Christ. But I travel for ministry, and we are on the road as a family doing this radio show from the road whilst in transit. Presently, we're in Texas, and I have to say, it's a lot nicer in the winter down here than up in Michigan. But I've got to get right into the news and information because so much has happened. We used to do a daily radio show, and you could barely keep up with what was happening even at that pace, and just not enough time to do the daily show while traveling and preparing Second Beast Rising this fall, But which, by the way, that DVD series is out. It is completed. It is done. The series is called Second Beast Rising. It's about the second beast of Bible prophecy in Revelation 13, as well as the first beast and the dragon and all of these prophetic apocalyptic symbols used by the prophetic writer John the Revelator in the book of Revelation. And so we've got a whole series tracking and tracing political, economic, cultural, geopolitical, wars and rumors of wars, We've got natural disasters. I mean, all of the things that are happening in our world happening in our world today to facilitate the final events of Bible prophecy. We're we're taking a look on at that on this radio show, and we've got now the systematic series Second Beast Rising. You can get that at eleventh hour dispatch.com. Volume one is shipping now, and then when you order that, the other two volumes just shipped subsequently in the next couple of months when they are finished being editing, but being edited. But let's get right now into the news and information. Over the last three weeks we've seen more validation of Daniel two. And what I mean by that is Daniel two is the prophecy about the four empires that would succeed the three empires that would succeed the Babylonian Empire, making four in total, Babylon, Medo-Persia, then Greece, then Rome, and those four empires would be the only great empires upon the earth, it says, upon the Roman Empire, would would, would find a dissolving, a dividing, rather than being conquered by the next and subsequent empire. And we know that's how history happened. The Roman Empire was divided and collapsed from within. But the prophecy in Daniel 2 says that it will not cleave, it will not be reunited, though they will try. 
and that's the nations of modern Europe. That's the history that we've seen for the last, oh, 1,600 years or so, 1,700 years since the fall of the Roman Empire. That would be 1,600 years approximately. What we've seen is efforts to create a unified Europe. The modern example being the European Union, seeing if we can have some modern European super state that can be a reunification of some governmental unified structure to bring all of Europe together rather than have individual sovereign nations. And so this past year was a major year in the, frankly, the collapse of what we now thought was a European Union. It never really achieved super state status, but you saw the Brexit, the British exit from the European Union. Well, what's happened in the last few weeks? Well, the Italian government made a move to try to fast track some of the powers of the government to enhance their pro-EU status. And they subjected that to a vote of the people, a referendum. And so the Italian vote went against those fast-track powers. In other words, they the populism in Italy is rising now too, the nationalism, if you will. A fulfillment of Daniel 2, all of these different events that we see today showing that they shall not cleave one to another in a unified empire called the European Union. It's the modern terminology for it. But a lot of other things have been happening in recent days as well. China captured a U.S. Navy underwater drone. Iran stages massive war drills, vows to destroy Israel, and threatens world war. These are just a few of the headlines that really, when you read them, you start to gain an understanding that these are apocalyptic-sounding headlines. Quiet since World War II. Japan begins $44 billion remilitarization to confront China. You're probably familiar with the fact that after World War II, Japan, who had been on the losing side of that war, demilitarized. And that's been a part of the, the Constitution, the treaties, this, the, the post-World War II agreements. And now they're saying, well, we live in a new world here with a increasingly aggressive and dangerous China. Japan is now remilitarizing. So you see wars and rumors of wars, for sure, with the statements by Iran, the Chinese capturing of a U.S. Navy underwater drone. All of these things relate directly to what Jesus said. This is a sign that you are living in the last days. If you see and hear of wars and rumors of wars increasing like birth pangs, the frequency and the intensity of these wars and rumors of wars. And speaking of the probably most significant war raging around the world today, religious conflict, widely dispersed and all over the place, not a necessarily a cohesive organized military, but the, the terroristic scourge upon the earth was, we were reminded of that over the Christmas holiday season with the Berlin truck attack, as they called it, a terrorist event where they literally went driving right through the the what they call a Christmas market, a group of people gathered for the holidays there. And the London Telegraph then also reported, vandals in France torched 945 parked cars on New Year's Eve in an arson rampage. And Breitbart reported, 54 people shot during the first four days of 2017 in only one city, Chicago. So these different examples showing 
that the world is falling apart at the seams. Not only do you have increase in violence with these shootings, scores of shootings just in a couple of days in Chicago. Not only do you have nearly a thousand cars just randomly torched in, in, in France over the New Year's Eve. The Berlin truck attack, all of these examples, terrorist attack with a truck. They tell me that, first of all, we're in the last days. But much more importantly, there is a great need for the everlasting gospel of Jesus Christ. And that made me absolutely rejoice when I looked at the headline that in Germany, this is AFP, the French press, French press agency, in Germany, some Muslims, Muslim refugees, convert to Christianity. So you spend a lot of time covering the news and reading the news about how just dramatically uh, altering this is for the nations of Europe to have millions of migrants coming in from vastly different cultures with very different values and worldviews, many of them even being radicalized in this jihadist cult ideology. But at the same time, when, when you might see this, this scourge of evil terrorism spreading across the formerly free and prosperous and peaceful nations of Europe, you'd say, well, this is, this is uh, an unqualified evil to see these, these, these attacks. And, and, and certainly for those who are victims of them, it's, it's terribly tragic. But God works in the midst of this fallen world. And you see, even in the midst of this development over the last couple of years that you'd say, this is, this is dramatically changing Europe. This is not good. But many of these Muslims are converting to Christianity. It says some, I should say. The headline says, some Muslim refugees convert to Christianity. And we can hope for more of that and pray for more of that. Even in the midst of the breakdown of the social order in Europe. This was the UK Sun. Europe on the brink. Streets, quote, will become war zones as continent descends into crisis. European leaders are said to be preparing for mass civil unrest as multiple catastrophic problems engulf the continent. It comes after months of warnings from experts, including top military brass, that massive economic issues, mass immigration, and terrorism will lead to a full-scale crisis. They have predicted this will affect the entire continent, eventually leading to civil war on the streets. And I've shared with you a number of quotations, a number of different policy experts, politicians, military officials, security experts, all saying the same thing. We've got a whole session. It's like three hours on this information of called the crackdown on the incoming migration crisis, the increase in terrorism, the call for we will give up our liberties in exchange for security, and all of the warnings that are being laid out right now about Serious civil unrest, civil war coming, this article tracking that once again on the streets of Europe. In December 2015, one of the most apocalyptic warnings came from Andre Blotman, the Swiss head of the armed forces, who left his job just weeks later. He said the combination of hybrid wars, the economy, the refugee crisis would have unforeseen dimensions. He claimed social unrest was something Europe's leaders and armies had to be prepared for. So this article once again reminding us, that when people are saying, peace, peace, perhaps there is no peace, as the prophet said. Breitbart reported, 
This was the UK Mail. Is civilization heading for a collapse? Same line of thought that we're in desperate times in this world. In times like these, we need a refuge. In times like these, we need a savior. Jesus Christ being the way, the truth, and the life. Notice I didn't say one of the ways, truths, and lives. Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. So when you read shocking headlines like that out of the mainstream UK mail publication, is civilization heading for a collapse? Mathematical historian predicts political turmoil will peak in the 1920s. I'm sorry, the 2020s. That yet future. He's saying next decade, over the next five years and into the next you know, decade, the next 13 years or so, we're going to be witnessing turmoil that we've never seen before. And they look at math- mathematical cycles and the increasing in the frequency and the intensity of major collapse style events. Now you might say, well, that sounds scary. You know, the Bible says perfect love drives out all fear. Reading the prophecies of the Bible, if you are not in Christ and in the security of his loving arms, knowing that we have an all-powerful God, knowing that we have the gospel truth, knowing that he's coming soon and there is good news at the end of all of the birth pangs, well, that would be quite a depressing thing. But we do have this hope. We have this great hope, this blessed hope of the soon coming of Jesus. So all of the news doesn't need to cause any fear, consternation, nothing of the sort. Lift up your heads for your redemption draweth nigh. We'll be right back. You're listening to 11th Hour Dispatch with author, teacher and speaker Scott Ritzmer. For more programs and information, visit 11thHourDispatch.com. George Washington once stated... The acceptance of and continuance hitherto in the office to which your suffrages have twice called me have been a uniform sacrifice of inclination to the opinion of duty and to a deference for what appeared to be your desire. I constantly hoped that it would have been much earlier in my power, consistently with motives which I was not at liberty to disregard. I have to stop reading right there. Come again, President Washington? What did he just say? Did you know that in the 1880s, children were reading this in grade five in their reading class? Repeat after me. We've been dumbed down. It's time to wake up. To come apart and be separate, saith the Lord. The DVD series is called Schooled. The deliberate agenda to reduce individuality, destroy intelligence, and re-engineer society. In Schooled, you'll hear it straight from the mouths of the founders of modern schooling themselves. They're quite proud of it. Visit 11thHourDispatch.com and use promo code RADIO for a reduced suggested donation rate. Wonderful, merciful Savior, precious Redeemer and friend, who would have thought that a lamb could rescue the souls of men? Oh, you rescue the souls of men. We are back. This is 11th Hour Dispatch. I'm Scott Ritzema, your host for this second segment of two. The website is 11thHourDispatch.com. And we were digging into the news of the continuing civil unrest, terrorism, global crisis scenarios that are being talked about continually among the elite themselves. 
But one thing that they don't talk about, I want to shift into the cultural aspect here just for a second. This this headline just floored me. I mean, we know that marriage is under attack. We know about the whole agenda out there to undermine the biblical values that God has placed in a stable biblical home. But this one really is eye-opening. Good housekeeping reports. Why I married myself. Self-marriage is a small but growing movement around the world. And you're scratching your head going, what did I just hear? Yes, self-marriage. Marrying yourself is a small but growing movement around the world. This defies not only biblical values, but it defies reason, truth, reality. I mean, it's not a marriage. A marriage is a coming together of two, right? To marry, to come together, to unify. (laughs) To marry yourself is a contradiction of terms. It can't be done. But... We live in the postmodern era where truth is relative and you can define reality in whatever nonsensical terms you so desire because, hey, man, your truth is your truth. My truth is my truth. So you can go ahead and marry yourself. As insane as that is, the more concerning thought with this headline is the principle at play which puts self, self-love, at the center of one's ideology and worldview. The biblical principle of agape love in the character of Christ means others-centeredness rather than self-centeredness. When you marry self, instead of saying, I'm going to pour out my self-sacrificing, loving, servant-heartedness and gratitude and beneficence upon another— the biblical way. When you turn in on self, I want pleasure for self, and our culture has a million manifestations of this. Every form of hedonism, every form of pleasure-seeking, every form of entertainment addiction, every form of consumerist, materialist frenzy that we've seen over the holidays as well, right? But this one, it's just denying marriage completely. It's saying you don't need to do it that way. You can be an island unto yourself. Well, you know, there was somebody who thought that he could be the center of the universe, and his name was Lucifer. He was all about self. I will ascend above the clouds. I will ascend above the stars. I will ascend and sit upon the throne of God. Isaiah 14 talks about his rebellion, his upward climb. And that was the very origin of evil, was in his heart becoming selfish. Selfishness is the principle that began sin and evil and suffering and wrongdoing in this universe. So when you see headlines like that, it kind of reminds you that we are in a great controversy between two principles, principle of love, others-centered, self-sacrificing, graciousness towards others versus taking for self, giving versus taking. Which one do you want to be on? Which side do you want to be on? Well, the side of Jesus Christ, of course, because he is the way, the truth, and the life. He is, no one comes to the Father except through him, through his principle of love. It says if we don't know love, we don't know God. If you don't believe in the principle of Jesus, what do you have left? I mean, even the world acknowledges the goodness of that. The whole world during the time of the Christmas holiday season was just acknowledging the coming of Jesus, the first coming of Jesus and the incarnation, nativity scenes all over and people celebrating. Well, certainly it's being denied, but by and large, we're starting to realize that, hey, 
even scientific studies are showing the validity of living a life of thanksgiving, living a life of altruism, living a life where you are connected socially and connected to the divine. There are secular scientific research papers being published continually, studies being published continually on the benefits of these things. So certainly, marrying self, not the route we want to go. But, but I brought up Christmas, and it reminded me what else has been happening since we've last been on the air, taking three weeks off. Vandals smash nativity scenes abduct baby Jesus in Pennsylvania, Tennessee, and New Hampshire. Quote, we, had, we never had anything like this happen before. It's sad, American Mirror reported. Yes, you heard that right. So whilst we have a culture that generally acknowledges the biblical principles, it's certainly under attack in a major way. Like this one also, UK Express. I'm sorry, this was Texas Women's University where they put out one of these guides on how to conduct yourself as university officials at the time of Christmas. Which, of course, you might say, okay, well, why would you even call it Christmas? Well, you're not supposed to. But the amazing thing about this guide was it says don't even call it holidays because if you call it holidays, then people... Well, they'll, they'll know you're talking about Christmas, and that is persecuting and oppressing other people's religion. It says, consider naming the party if it is scheduled for December without using the word holiday. Holiday connotes religious tradition and may not apply to all employees. For educational institutions, a December gathering may instead be called an end-of-semester party. Now, isn't that something? We can't even say holiday anymore because that even is politically correct. And they said avoid religious symbolism such as Santa Claus. Now, I can, I can actually agree. Santa Claus, this fictional idea of this man flying around on a sleigh with reindeer and going down chimneys, this is not something we talk about as a family because it is a fantastical religious belief of children where they believe this, this, this idea that is not true. And so that is a religion, but... I never thought it I've never thought of it as hurting people's feelings who are not Christians to hear others talking about Santa Claus but it was taken to a whole new level at the um, other university where there was a petition done now you've seen and heard of these video petitions where people do these fake petitions and it only seems to get crazier with every passing example this was University of Virginia students sign a petition to ban Christmas. Quote, I know a lot of students who aren't religious, so we're just trying to make campus a safe space for them. And they said, you know, we don't want people to hear about Christmas. If other people are celebrating something that they don't believe in, that's not safe to them. That could make them feel oppressed. Now, of course, in a free society, you have free exercise of religion, and there are various religions being practiced in a pluralistic free society. But that is a thing of the past. We are moving into a time where political correctness stamps out any expression of religion that is considered to be different from one's own experience. Now, this also relates to the generation 
which has become so not only um, immersed in this safe space concept where you don't have the ability to stand for your perspective with the strength and fortitude that you believe in, but you become also so immersed in the social networking world that you're, you're, you're sort of a part of the crowd, a part of the groupthink mindset. The trendiness of everything begins to take over your thoughts. That's what I've noticed on social media, but the University of Copenhagen adds to that this study. Listen to this statement from the study. Quote, regular use of social networking such as Facebook can negatively affect your emotional well-being and satisfaction with life because of real unrealistic social comparisons. What is that saying? If you're a regular social networking user, if you're on Facebook regularly, you are most likely, if the study shows this is a common occurrence, making comparisons about other people's idealistic portrayals of themselves, and you see yourself not measuring up. Because social networking, of course, everybody puts their best foot forward, and they're their prettiest and funniest, and their families are the cutest and doing the most interesting things whilst they're portraying it on the, on the Facebook. And so you look at that, and you're not necessarily consciously comparing or going on there to compare. The Bible says, though, those who compare themselves among themselves are not wise. And that was a true statement that's now been borne out by the research. You find yourself with lower emotional well-being, lower life satisfaction the more you use social networking. Pretty interesting there coming from somebody who's traveling around speaking to churches about the dangers of media. I can tell you I've met hundreds, thousands of people in the last four years who can testify this very same research finding in their own lives anecdotally, but we've got the scientific basis for it also. Now let's shift over to the natural disasters uh, topic. UK Express reports, big one fears. Huge tear on the ring of fire could lead to catastrophic earthquakes and tsunamis. A huge tear the size of Tasmania and the Earth's crust sitting above the deadly ring of fire could cause devastating earthquakes and mega tsunamis, experts have warned. So that, my friends, is something the Bible also talks about. When we look at Bible prophecy and we see a warning of the increasing in earthquakes and the seas and the waves roaring, tsunamis, when we see these referred to as like birth pangs. They're going to grow in their frequency. In other words, how often they take place in their magnitude like birth pangs do. The, the contractions come closer together. They become more intense as you approach the birth of that child. Now, we're approaching an even greater event, and that is the one who came the first time as a child, Jesus, is coming the second time. That is the, quote, birth if you will, of the soon coming Savior to come on the clouds of heaven, not as a baby this time, but as the conquering king, presently right now the high priest of heaven. But very soon, he will stand up. He will move from this ministry that you read about in Daniel 7 where millions of angels are ministering before him and the books are opened. 
this time of the heavenly judgment, will soon close, and everybody's fate will be sealed, and Jesus comes on the clouds of heaven to take us to be with him. That is exciting. That is good news. So how do we live in the meantime? With our eyes fixed upon Jesus. Even while all of these cultural degradation trends, the collapse scenario, the natural disasters, the wars and rumors of wars, the increase in violence and just frankly insanity upon this earth. Leave all that behind and zoom in on and focus the lenses upon that soon coming Savior, Jesus Christ. We'll see you next time. To financially support this broadcast, visit 11thHourDispatch.com. Here's Scott Ritzema with another final minute message. Neuropsychology of Rock, we read. Whether the words are evil, innocuous, or based in the Holy Scripture, the overall neurophysiological effects generated by rock music remain the same. Was some of this going on already before the rock and roll movement? In the 19th century, some Christians observed in a camp meeting worship scene what was called a bedlam of noise that shocks the senses. One Christian writer predicts just before Christ's coming, there will be shouting with drums, music, and dancing. The senses of rational beings will become so confused that they cannot be trusted to make right decisions. And this is called the moving of the Holy Spirit. Very serious warning. They knew somehow that in the last days, before Jesus' coming, Satan would use music in a way to make it a snare for us. Not the lyrics, the way in which it is conducted. And that people's senses would be lost. Brought to you by BeltofTruthMinistries.org.